0: All right, let's take our Bible this morning and turn to 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4. I haven't kept up with the Olympics probably as much as many of you have, but one thing I, I, I did understand, and, and Sam hit the nail right on the head, I understand that, that Michael Phelps eats 12,000 calories a day. You know, to look like him and to eat that much, that is really sinful. (laughs) I mean, how many of you are kind of like I am and you have struggled with a weight problem all your life? Anybody? Man, I look at him and, 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 you know, I can look at 12,000 calories and gain 10 pounds. And yet look what he has done. And, and, you know, I've been kind of proud of myself. I've lost 22 pounds over this last year. And I've done it by running and walking and running and walking. And then look at him. And I've realized I need to take up swimming. And I just live in the wrong place in the world to take up swimming, right? Is there such a thing as sand swimming? No. All right. My pet peeve for the day let's look at first John chapter four and I wanted you to notice just one little verse and that's verse 19 and I want to share with you this morning uh, about the fact of how much that God loves us and then as a result of the fact that God loves us how that we're to love him in return so let's notice first John chapter four and verse 19 just one little verse and let's stand if you would out of reverence and respect for God's word. The Apostle John says this. He said, we love him because he first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. Let's once again go to our Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we bow before your throne of grace today, Father, I thank you for the great love that you have for us. Father, I don't know why you chose to love us, but I'm so grateful that you did. And I'm so grateful, Father, that in your love for us, that you allowed Jesus to go to the cross and die for our sin. And I'm so grateful, Father, that throughout all eternity, you're going to shower uh, the benefits of your love upon us. And I just pray that today, as we look at your love, how much you've loved us, I pray that in return, that we could love you as you've told us in your word. Father, forgive us. Forgive me of not loving you as much as I need to. And, forgot, and just forgive me, Father, when I've said that I've loved you and I haven't shown it by my life and by my actions. And I pray that as, as we see your love and see how we're to love you, I pray that what would break out here today is just a spirit of revival. So, Father, this service is yours. I pray that you would anoint it with your power and anoint it with your conviction. And I pray that above everything else that takes place here today that we can leave here saying that we've met with you. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. (coughs) Amen. The Bible clearly states that every one of us are to have a love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. In the book of Deuteronomy, God tells us that, uh, he says this, he said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And Jesus quotes that verse in Matthew chapter 11. And when he quotes it, he states, this is the first and the greatest commandment. The first and the greatest commandment. What is that? We're to love God. We're to have a love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And folks, if we have a problem in our Christian life, it's going to be found in how we relate to God. I know that sometimes we look at people and say, well, they just don't come to church like they ought to. They don't love the church. And we sometimes see people and we say, well, they just don't give like they ought to. They don't love the church. And we see people that are out living for the world and, and we, we, we want to analyze all of the problem. But all of the problem in our Christian life comes down to this. How much do we really love, not the church, God? Do you know there are a lot of people today that are living in life and they're angry at God. They're angry at God, and because they're angry at God, their love relationship with Jesus is just not what it needs to be. Did you realize that it's possible to to be involved in the work of God and not really love God like we ought to, and and really to be angry at God? When you read the book of Jonah, one of the things that you discover about the, the old prophet Jonah was that he was mad at God. God was calling him to do something that he didn't want to do to start with, God had called him to go to the Ninevites and preach at Nineveh. And and Jonah said, Lord, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go there. And the reason Jonah didn't want to go there is he hated the Ninevites. They were Israel's enemies. And yet God was telling him to go there and preach to them. And and God said, if you'll go preach to them, there'll be a great evangelistic in-gathering. And all of those Ninevites are going to get saved. And the problem with Jonah was he didn't want them to get saved. He hated the Ninevites so much that he wanted them to perish and and go to hell. And so when God called Jonah to be the the catalyst for revival, Jonah got angry. God was asking him to do something he just didn't want to do. And God wasn't acting like Jonah wanted him to act. You know, there's sometimes, if we would be honest and admit it, God acts in a way that we don't want him to act. God does some things that we don't want Him to do. And there are times that we want to put God in our own little box and say, Now look, God, you're here to serve me. When the truth of the matter is, we're not, uh, God's not here to serve us. We're here to serve Him. We sometimes pray like this, God, my will be done. Where God wants us to be praying, Lord, Your will be done. And as a result of that, we get a little angry when God acts in a way that we don't think he ought to. For instance, how many times has God allowed something bad to happen to us, and as a result of allowing something to happen to us that we didn't figure on, as a result of having something happen to us that, that maybe was misfortunate for us, we look at God and say, now God, look, if you really loved me, you could have kept that from happening. Come on, let's be honest. We've all thought that at one time or another in our life. God, look, if you had really loved me, you wouldn't have allowed me to marry who I marry. Don't raise your hands if that that fits you. God, if you really loved me, you wouldn't have allowed me to buy that you goat. God, if you had really loved me, you would have given me some different kind of kids. And sometimes we get angry at God because we, He just didn't act like we thought He ought to have acted. Sometimes we get angry at God because God chooses to bless somebody that we don't like. You know, one of the things that I've discovered in years of ministry is this. God has a, a, just a wonderful way of blessing people I disagree with. And sometimes we look out and, and we say, Well, Lord... I should have got that blessing, not them. Lord, why haven't you blessed me like you blessed them? And whether we want to admit it or not, there are times in our Christian life that we get a little bit miffed at God, we get a little angry at God, and the result of that is we're not loving God like we ought to. God's told us to love Him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And folks, listen, if you're angry with God today, you're not loving God like He's told us to in His Word. Did you know we can also allow our love for God to cool? The church at Ephesus did that. And, and Jesus said, you've left your first love. Sometimes we allow our love to cool by, by transferring that love to somewhere else. I, I used to live in a part of the United States where they dearly loved deer hunting. Now, I, I don't think we have deer hunting quite as uh, you know, much out here because there are no deer, Right? Not like in Louisiana and East Texas. And they dearly loved hunting. All of the men loved hunting. I mean, my youth director put up a deer stand on the back end of the church property. And I said, Wade, why did you do that, man? He said, look, as soon as church is over, I don't have to go very far to hunt. And then he could stay on it until church time. I just thought that he wore those kind of raggedy clothes because that's all what all the kids wore. No, he was hunting. And sometimes we transfer the love that we ought to have for God to to different objects. Maybe it's not a deer rifle. Maybe it's a bass boat. Maybe it's not a bass boat. Maybe it's the mall, ladies. Amen? You, You know what, guys, my definition of hell is? Being trapped in the mall and it's on fire some of you guys are going yeah but i'm not gonna let my wife know that and sometimes what happens in our relationship with god is we've been saved so long we've lost the awe and we've lost the wonder of god's love in our life and as a result we just go through the motions not because we love god but just because we're supposed to You know, it's wonderful to see some of the younger couples in our church, isn't it? Man, it's just wonderful to see Denton and Adrian and their new baby. I mean, uh, isn't it just, you know, and, and one of the things that has never bothered me in church is when babies cry. That has never bothered me. Now, when the old folks start, that's different. But, but to see the younger couples and, and often to see them as they're driving down the road and, and you think there's only one person in there because so, they're so close. Isn't that neat? Have you ever seen old people do that? I still remember the story of what one lady once told her husband one time. She said, you know, when we were young, you used to sit beside me all the time as we were going. I mean, we used to sit together as we were driving down the road. And, and oh, you'd put your arm around me as we were driving down the road. And she's now way over there. And he looked at her and said, well, honey, I'm still driving. I had moved. And that's the way it is sometimes in our relationship with God. When we first got saved, there was the joy of coming to church. There was the wonder of singing so loud you bothered your neighbor when you couldn't sing in tune. And there was the joy of getting into the Bible. There was the joy of prayer. But but after a period of time, see, you know what happens? We take things for granted. And the love just kind of cools off. And we need to come back to see what Jesus says here. Because He said... I love you, and because I love you, you love me. And so if we want to get our love relationship with Jesus back, we need to see, first of all, just how God loved us first. Did you realize something about the love of God, dear friends? Did you know that God loved all of us before we were ever even born? Now think about that for just a minute. When did Jesus go to the cross? He went to the cross 2,000 years ago. And and I know some of our teenagers think I'm that old, but I'm not. You see, Jesus died upon that cross for my sin before I was ever even born. He died on the cross for your sins before you were ever even born. Matter of fact, see, before we were ever even born, did you realize that God knew what we were going to be like? You know, it's just an act of grace that God knew what we were going to be like and let us be born anyway. Hmm? I've heard some parents say, man, if I'd known that second one was going to be like that first one, there'd never been a third one. God knew that we were going to be like the first one and the second one and the third one and He let us be born anyway. Did you realize something about about God? Did you know God knew how many times we were going to lose our temper and God knew how many times we were going to pitch a hissy fit and he allowed us to be born anyway? Now it got quiet because some of you folk got tempers, amen? Several years ago I was driving my Geo Metro, which I still have, and the air conditioning was out in the middle of the summer in Louisiana. And so I had my window rolled down. And just as I was getting to the bridge, to cross the bridge over in Akadosh, we had two bridges that were right in the middle of town. Some guy cut me off on a motorcycle. Now, if I'd have hit his motorcycle, I'd have totaled out my geo. (laughs) And so I yelled at you idiot, what are you doing? And then I realized my window's down and there was one of our teenagers on the corner and he heard me and he looked over at me and said brother Mike you're not supposed to act that way Now it's bad getting rebuked from a teenager in your church isn't it but he was right I wasn't supposed to act that way I should have yelled out bless you God bless you now don't look at me that way you wouldn't have done it either would you God knew what we were like for He allowed us to be born. He knew that we were going to have a temper and sin with our temper. God also knew that that we were going to be critical at times. God knew we were going to make ugly remarks about people. God knew before we were ever born that there was going to be that secret desire to sin in our hearts and, and there was going to be that desire that said, Hey, if I could get away with it, I would do it and we would secretly regard sin in our heart. The Bible says regarding iniquity in our hearts. God knew where all the dirty little secrets in our life were at. And He allowed us to be born. Knowing everything that He knew about us, He still loved us and desired to save us. Isn't that remarkable? Isn't it remarkable that we would be so far from what He's like Isn't it remarkable that he knew that we were going to offend him? He knew that we were going to hurt him with our lives. And yet he allowed us to be born. And not only did he allow us to be born, but knowing everything he knew about us, he still allowed Jesus to go to the cross and die for our sin. That's how much he loved us. The great love of God. And when Jesus died 2,000 years ago, listen... He did so for those that would walk on this earth 2,000 years later. When Jesus died upon that cross, He died for us. And I want you to notice how God totally revealed His love for us. He loved us before we were born, yes, but He revealed His love by giving up Jesus to die on a cross. Now, He gave up Jesus. You know why He gave up Jesus? He gave up Jesus because of His love for us, because He wanted us with Him throughout all eternity. Listen, God wants you in heaven. God doesn't want us in hell. God never created hell for us. He created it for the devil and his angels, but He had something better in store for us. What God wanted for us was He wanted us to be with Him in glory to enjoy heaven for all eternity. Listen, that's what God wants for us. He loves us. He wants us with Him. And if He hadn't wanted us to be with Him, if He hadn't wanted to, to be able to fellowship with us for all eternity, He'd have never allowed Jesus to go to the cross. The price that, that God paid for us so that we could be in heaven proved His great love for us. He gave up heaven's most priceless possession. Now, folks, what is your most priceless possession? Somebody said, well, my hunting rifle is my most priceless possession. Somebody said, no, my bass boat is. Somebody said, well, my wife is my most priceless possession. Somebody said, my kids, think of whatever your most priceless possession is, and it still doesn't measure up to what God gave for us. God gave His only begotten Son so we could have eternal life. And then God revealed His great love to us by drawing us to Himself so He could forgive us and save us. Listen, God loved us so much that He provided a witness to us of His saving grace. You know, I look back on my life, and I wasn't raised in a Christian home. Many of you were, and that's just a tremendous blessing. But I can look back and see how God just put things in place to where I could, as a little old rug-ratty kid, could, could hear about Jesus. As we moved to Odessa, And and some of you are saying, well, God saved you out of the pits of hell right there, didn't He? And, And we moved to Odessa, and He put us in this little house right next to this little bitty church to where I could hear about Jesus, to where I could be invited to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen, that was proof of God's love, how He manipulated circumstances. And then in that love, He drew us to Himself by His Holy Spirit. Folks, listen, those of you that have been saved, do you know what it was like when when you heard about Jesus and God energized that message with the power of the Holy Spirit and just drew you supernaturally to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you know what He did? He drew us with His love. And throughout all eternity, God's going to be revealing that love to us. The Bible says this, Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love Him. What's heaven going to be like? We can't even describe it. We can't even imagine what heaven's going to be like. I'm persuaded of this, though. If we really had a, an idea of what heaven is like, if we could really picture it and fathom it in our mind, you know what we'd be praying? Even so, come, Lord Jesus. I want to go there. I'm excited about it. I want to see Heaven. Did you, did you know Six Flags is for kids? How many of you been to Six Flags? Mm-hmm. How many of you that are over 50 have a desire to go back there? Boy, we're all lost. No hands came up there. Huh? You know, Six Flags is for kids. And I can remember the very first time mom and daddy said, you know, we've saved enough money. We're going to Six Flags. You know how much I slept that night? you know what I was dreaming of roller coaster and I was dreaming of the merry-go-round and and I was dreaming of the cotton candy that was there and and I was dreaming believe it or not of all the girls I was going to see there I didn't tell mama that Uh, but that was my dream of going to Six Flags it was so exciting folks listen you know what that ought to be the exact same nature we have about heaven Heaven is our home. God's given us just a little glimpse of what it's like so we can get excited about that and realize the reason we get into heaven is because God loved us and He paid the price of our admission when He allowed His Son to go to the cross. Folks, that ought to be enough to make a Baptist shout. God loved us. And because He loved us, that ought to to motivate us to love Him. Now, let me just very briefly share a couple of things with you and we close. The proof of our love to Him ought to be seen in our being obedient to Him. Jesus talked about that in John 14. In verse 15 of that that chapter, He said, If you love Me, keep My commandments. And then He said, If a man love Me, he will keep My words. And then He said, He that loveth Me not keepeth not My sayings. Now, what Jesus is saying in this verse is this. He said, talk is cheap. You know, it's real easy for us to say, oh, I just love Jesus. But you know where the proof of that is? The test of whether we really love Jesus or not is seen as we obediently and cheerfully keep His commandments. I was chaplain for the sheriff's department one time in the state of Louisiana. And we went to a house... And when we got to the house, the little lady in that house had been severely beaten. Her husband had gotten mad, and he had just beaten the stew out of her. we went in, and of course, we had to handcuff him. and, And as we were handcuffing him to take him off to jail, she came out, and she began to sob and weep. And she grabbed a hold of him and said, Oh, honey, I just love you. I love you. I love you. And I don't doubt that a bit. I believe she did love him. And then he turned to her and said, Oh, honey, I love you too. And I, I did doubt that. How do you love somebody and beat the stew out of them? Hmm? You don't. See, talk is cheap. And Jesus is saying in, this, in that passage, if you love me, you're going to have to prove it by keeping my commandments. And as we keep his commandments, not out of fear... Not I fear of getting whopped upside the head, but because we love him. Lord, I just want to do this for you because I love you. Hmm? How many of you wives have husbands that help you around the house? Hmm? All right, well, praise God for that. Every man ought to know how to wash clothes. Amen, ladies? Men aren't going to amen that, so you got to. See, I learned that after I washed my wife's <laughs> Dry clean only dress. Every man ought to have to know how to wash some dishes. It doesn't hurt. And you know, I came in one day, I'd cleaned up the house, I'd washed the dishes, I'd washed my wife's clothes, and she said, What have you done? I said, I cleaned up the house for you. I'm so proud. She said, Why'd you do that? Because I love you. She said, If I didn't know better, you're drunk. We ought to do things for our spouse to let him know we love you. Isn't that true? Because if all you say is I love you, and then you treat that wife horribly, you're not backing up those words with action. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. I think the second proof of our love for Him is seen in our desire to fellowship with Him. Listen, if we love Jesus, we want to spend time with Him. And the test of whether we really love Jesus or not is seen in the quality of our devotional life. Listen, if we love Jesus, we'll pray. And we'll just share our life with Him. See, that's what we're doing in prayer. Prayer is not just some kind of ritualistic thing we go through. Prayer is actually sharing our heart and sharing our life with the Lord. Lord, I'm having this good day today, and I just want to praise You for all the things You're doing. Lord, I'm having a bad day today, and I really need You to intervene in my life and give me peace and calm in what I'm going through. That's why Paul says, in everything by prayer and supplication, make your requests known unto the Lord. See, if we love Jesus, we'll desire to fellowship with Him, speak with Him, and have Him speak to us through His Word. Listen, Bible study is more than just filling your minds full of facts. Did you know I've met folks in jail that knew the Beatitudes and the Ten Commandments and who all the apostles were? I've met folks in jail who knew more about their Bible than Baptist folks do. Hmm? It's not just about facts. Bible study is about meeting Jesus. It's about letting Jesus speak to our heart. It's about fellowshipping with Him. Do we really love Jesus? Are we really fellowshipping with Him? And then finally, the proof of our love will be seen as we share Him with others. Folks, can we really say we love somebody and then be ashamed to be with them, or be ashamed to introduce others to them. Hmm? When I was dating back in the dark ages, I took a young lady out one night, and as we were going to out to eat, I turned a corner on the 42nd Street and West County Road, and, and as I made that turn, she slunk down in the seat where nobody could see her. I said, huh, what are you doing? She said, that's my that 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 that's my, my boyfriend. He doesn't know I'm out tonight with you. So you really, really wanted to go out with me, didn't you? Hmm? You think I took her out to eat after that? No. No, you know what I did with her? I started to let her out there, but I took her home. Huh? How would you like it if everywhere you went, the person that claimed to be your spouse was ashamed of you? Ashamed to be known as your spouse. How would you like it if if you went out with somebody and they were ashamed to introduce you to someone else? Listen, we'd have a severe talk when we got home, wouldn't we? But yet that's how many Christians are with the Savior, isn't it? We're out in public and we're ashamed to share him with others we're ashamed to introduce him to others we're ashamed and and, and we hope nobody finds out that we're a Christian listen how can we say we love Jesus if we're ashamed of the Savior you know what soul winning is soul winning is this here's a great theological uh, definition soul winning is simply bragging about Jesus that's all it is just bragging about Jesus first time my wife and I were ever separated for any length of time was about four years after we had gotten married and she had to go to Florida to help her sister who had gotten severely burned at work and, and so for, for a week or so I was without Becky and, and finally the, the call came I'm coming home and I said well praise God hallelujah so I'll be, I'll be driving into we'll be flying into Houston at about 10 o'clock and of course we lived in Shelby County at that time and so I, I think I left around midnight and I got at the airport about 4 in the morning. And I waited and waited on and waited and waited. When she got off the the, the airplane, there was my dear wife. Now, those of you that know Becky know, she's really outgoing, isn't she? <laughs> no, she's quiet, isn't she? She doesn't want to to be embarrassed. She's really prim and proper, right? So she got off, and I ran over to her in, in, in the in, in, Houston Intercontinental Airport and put a big lip lock on her. Mike, Mike, everybody's going to see. I don't care. You're home, praise God. Isn't that great? Sit close to me on the way home. Uh, Folks, that's the way it ought to be with Jesus, isn't it? Hey, I'm not ashamed of Jesus. Look what Christ has done. He loved me. He went to the cross. He died on the cross for my sins. And I'm not going to be one of these folks that just are obnoxious with my faith, but I'm not going to be ashamed of my faith in Christ either. See, Jesus is not ashamed of us. The Bible says He's not ashamed to call us brethren. You know why? We're part of His family. We're part of His family. And we ought to love family. Now, folks, listen. Jesus loves you, and he loves me. Now, the question this morning is this. Do we love him? Do we love him? Folks, did you know love is, a, is, a, is, a, is something that we determine with the will? I'm going to love this person. I'm going to love this person. Jesus wants us to love him. He's proved his love for us. Now he simply wants us to love him in return. Hiccuping babies don't bother me either. Isn't that great?